where did the idea for the blind pig come from? Like, why the name the blind pig? Um, that's a good question. All right, I'm very glad that you asked that thank question. Thank you, thank you. All right, so um, we the the whole business thing was always a thing. You know, uh, when you're hanging out, there's always like a lot of car talk. You know, driving somewhere, there was a lot of business talk, whatever, back and forth. So anyway, when the bar came in, we were thinking about names, and we were throwing a few around. We wanted to name the bar after like famous gang, or you know something the pearl buttons. cool. The pearl buttons, Hudson Duster was one, but Hudson Grills already in my plans. We old do school gang names from yeah, York. just gotcha. ones that sound cool, like the Dead Rabbits. You know, the Dead Rabbits, a great one. It, it's yeah. a fantastic name. Yeah. It really, really is. You know, but um. Those didn't come up, and we ended up settling on the blind pig. And honestly, I hate it. It's waiting on fries. That you don't get it. You don't. What do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully, the customer never hears waiting on fries. But all this time on the entree, and it's perfectly executed. And then you're it's like, ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. <laughs> I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in, and I was like, Hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back 10 minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> they just know that their food's not there in the service, that they're still waiting on fries. I guess we're just waiting on fries. <laughs> not only because we're fans of Sloop Brewing Company, but also because they've sponsored this show. Sloop Brewing Company operates out of Fishkill, New York, and are brewers of the one and only Juice Bomb Northeastern IPA and other world-class ales and lagers. Visit their Instagram at Sloop Brewing Co., or find their website, sloopbrewing.com, in the show notes. We've got a lot happening today. We've got Dano, we've got James from the Blind Pig coming through in a little bit. Uh, they're going to talk to us about what it's like opening a bar and going through all these uh, crazy things and hoops that you have to jump through to get this thing open, going from guys that were just bartenders before, right? What else we have? We, we have a weird Yelp story. I'm just in a great mood that all the hoops that I had to go through for the last 10 days are over and my restaurant's open again. It was nice to see people there. It was nice to see people there. Thanks. But uh, we've, we've got a good Yelp issue, right? Yeah, so we've got a Yelp issue kind of dealing with awareness and being aware of where your customers are and being sure to check up on them so they don't feel left alone and ignored. Yeah, you, you definitely don't want to leave people sitting ignored outside or in the bar or whatnot. Acknowledge people. That's why they came out. Acknowledgement, yes. They, they want to be seen. They want to have a conversation sometimes, right? Exactly. Um, and then also we've got an interesting voicemail about ghost kitchens. Haunted kitchens. No, no, no. That's not what we mean. But <laughs> it's got one of those brooms. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get into that, though. But uh, I, I was at work the other day in, in the city, and, you know, the – when you show up, nothing's going on. You're just doing your prep work, right? It's quiet. There's not so much activity. Maybe like the managers are like sitting in the back doing whatever paperwork they've got to do on their computer or just sipping that glass of soda that they've been sipping for the last hour doing nothing. And then things start to get a little bit more busy, right? That happens. And as things are progressing and getting a little bit busier, the tables start filling up. So I'm sitting here working. You guys having a blast. I'm sitting here working, and next thing you know, there's four managers just sitting on this gigantic communal table as this bar is, like, starting to fill to capacity, and we need these goddamn chairs. And I'm just like, does anybody not realize what's happening here? So did you actually say something out loud to somebody to deal with the situation? No, I death-gazed across the room. You know, I'm low man on the totem pole there, so I'm not the one that's running over to be like, hey, are you fuckers out of your mind? Like, go <coughs> take this downstairs to the office? I understand where you're coming from being low men on the totem pole, I guess, but I feel like somebody should have spoken up in that situation. I feel like also yelling profanity across the bar <laughs> is an equal deterrent to what was going on. 
yeah, that wouldn't have worked. So I, I wasn't doing, I, I didn't do that. I was thinking about it internally. I internalized my feelings. I didn't actually let them out. But what you could have done is just, you know, calmly and, you know, in an adult-like manner, walked up to those guys and be like, hey, you know, I could really use this table for some paying customers right now. Yeah, we, we definitely could have. It just, it didn't pan out that way. I never understood what led to that type of style where, like, the management is just out on the table or the bar top with their laptop out and essentially running the back end of the restaurant from the front of the restaurant. Like, and when someone would walk in and say, hey, and they're just, like, typing on their iPad or, or I don't even know what they're doing because I'm not sure what back end restaurant work needs to be done at, like, 730 it was all the work that they didn't do throughout the day as they were walking around doing yeah. nothing. I don't know if it's... I mean, that's it, totally what you want to see a, when you walk into a restaurant. Someone yeah, doing sure. office work. I want to make sure that they're, you know, keeping it's up like on their... We have office work to do. Yeah, we're going to do it right here. Right. Check yeah, him I'm, out. He's I'm, I'm monitoring work. the Yelp from the front. That yeah. way I can see who wrote this Yelp review that <laughs> exactly. just comes in negatively. All right? Exactly. Uh, but, I, you know, I think awareness in general, like whether it be being self-aware or forecasting the future of issues that occur through, you know, a bar and restaurant can save you a lot of money and a lot of time. And not only that, but just like make your day flow far smoother. Uh, you know, another example too, I used to work in a, a bar in this town that was a high volume party bar with a lot of kids running around. And throughout the week, I was always screaming, we should have a you lock. Mean, you mean kids like little children? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was like, we should have a lock on the kitchen door. Like there's nobody here to really be able to see what's happening around that corner. And it's just so easily available to guys that are walking to the bathroom. And sure enough, it was like three weeks later on a Friday, Saturday night, I'm bartending super in the weeds, like just a handful of people back backed up. And I see the DJ light hit the corner of the bar and it shined and I looked to the side and a kid's wielding a kitchen knife and I instantly jumped the bar and flagged the bouncers. And he wasn't like threatening. I think he was just a, a dumb young dude that yeah. had a couple drinks and was like, yo, I grabbed the knife from the kitchen, bro. Um, but now working somewhere where I'm currently at and we, we won't say anything about where this is, but <laughs> you know, they keep the knife that we use to cut fruits within arm's length of guests. And it's not even just like a Tuesday, not a Wednesday. It's like Friday, Saturday too. It just goes right back in the same spot. And I'm sitting here like, do you not forecast what's going to happen in the future? I guess I understand where you're coming from. But again, that's like a very specific situation, it seems, to have somebody reaching out to grab your knives from across the bar. And I've definitely never heard of somebody running into the kitchen and grabbing a knife and taking it back out to the dining room. That's crazy. Yeah, the, these scenarios are just... Specific so, to so strange to me. It's like it's just like the weird shit that happens in nightlife that doesn't really happen while it's still regular time periods for well, the most super part. Super weird. I gotta be honest. When I was in the the come up though, like I worked at a couple of bars that and restaurants that were open pretty late. I've never seen someone run into the kitchen area yeah. and grab a knife and come like yielding <laughs> come it, come back out, yielding like, it crazy. into the public. I, I, I agree. I, I think it's absolutely insane, but, you know, the amount of things is that, that an, just go wrong. Is were, were, there other people, were there other people in the kitchen when the kid grabbed the knife? I have no idea. The bar is way far away from the kitchen, which is why well, I suggested Well, I mean, like, was the kitchen, like, operating? Was it selling food? No, 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 no. This is, oh, like, 1 a.m. or something. You know, it's just lights off in the back of the kitchen. It's an open kitchen to some extent. You know, it's it's just 
it's crazy not to foresee the problem with things that occur or it's, could occur. It's poor design to have an open <laughs> kitchen and close it when you're operating. I, I, I think. I feel like you're not making the most of your space if you're if doing you're, that. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna close your kitchen, I'm assuming in the scenario that you're talking about, the kitchen closed at like ten, something something along those lines, and they transition from a restaurant service into a party atmosphere. And then kind of close off half of that restaurant and then operate in that aspect, correct? Yeah. So if you're going to do that, I would almost, I don't know if you need an open kitchen because you lose part of the ambiance. And if it's that far away from the bar, I I feel like when you have an open kitchen concept, you want the bar and the kitchen to be close to each other and work in sync. So it's all like part of the show. That would make sense. I don't know. It's it's not a it's not a well built design. And in the event that you are operating the restaurant differently, and then more in a high volume bar setting, then you have to put the precautions up to make it operate as such. Agreed. Like that seems like just an oversight, though, and not so much an operational. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know what that specific area I have. Back to a couple. I don't it, know. Back to a couple episodes ago, too, where we talked to Rocco about um, the way that you use partitions to open up and close a business. Like, that specific space in White Plains where the bar is uh, a big rectangle bar and it has this whole area to to fill people up top. You know, this whole down and in dining room that exists that's just, like, empty throughout the week, which does kind of tie into the kitchen, could easily just get, like, a fence put up. And it that offense would work in this industrial type of like barbecue type place, I think, with a lock on it just so nobody could go in there. You mean like a chain link fence? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Definitely some kind of separation that would prevent crazy drunk people from running in the kitchen and, <laughs> and stealing and knives. a knife and yielding it. <laughs> and wielding knives. I mean, that goes for anything, though. Like, we see so much crazy shit that happens late night in the bars where people just like. Uh, for instance, another bar that I've worked at, somebody just opened up the back door to go downstairs and they were down grabbing bottles of <coughs> beer and they came up with literally fists full of beer from the downstairs <laughs> cooler. Uh, and then not only that, they got lost downstairs and they came up the other door for the other establishment and the manager came running over and goes, where the hell did this kid just come from? He just ran up with beers in his hand. That's ridiculous. You guys need to lock your doors a little better. I, I agree. We have foolproof the system, you know? Or just watch people better. I, I'm sorry. I have nothing when it comes to this. Because I, you do a good job watching people. As far as op, I've never professionally, operationally, I've never been involved somewhere where I had to keep people out of the beer room or liquor room. And it's going to happen, though, Justin. We got to put those precautions in ahead. Don't That's you not, put that on him. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Well, you get to yeah. five locations. You have to make sure that you're I, building them I appropriately. I promise you I will never have that issue. I can't wait until I, we knock on wood there. Both issues. Nice. Okay. All right. Jim? I have a question. Yes. Okay. Last night I'm at the bar towards the end of the night and we were about to close and a couple of gentlemen were uh, speaking politics. Bad idea. And they were getting a little, I think they agreed. I think they were on the same side of the fence. Yeah, until they're not. Poli- politically. But, uh, you know, they started to, they were starting to get into it a little bit. Yeah. Not like fighting, but like really get into what they were talking about. Right. So I said, hey, hey, hey. No politics. No politics at the bar. And they both looked at me like, oh, are you serious? And I was like, can't talk politics at the bar. It's number one rule. Number one, it's a bar rule. I'm with it. And they, they looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, I'm serious. No politics at the bar. 
please refrain. And they looked at me like they never heard this before, but every like coming up, let's, that was the first thing I ever learned. It's like no religion, no politics. Don't, right? Yeah, don't talk po- politics and don't talk religion. You yeah. have your beliefs and what, whatever you want, but you don't want to engage in those two conversations because people get real charged up about it. Yeah. And it, it's like a, a boiling point. So I told them oh, they look like they had never heard that before. That's the problem is like with drinks, your personalities go to a hundred. And then when you have a misunderstanding or you're sitting at different sides of the fence, all of a sudden that demolition charge hits. And that's exactly where you get no politics at the bar because you could agree on the same candidate or you could agree in the same party. And then God forbid somebody brings up abortion and their stance on it. And next thing you know, there's bottles flying across the room. That's not where you want to be at. Yeah, definitely not. So we're in agreement. I was right. <laughs> you're, negate, you're for sure right. To negate the conversation. No yeah. politics at the bar. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I won't directly say it, but I'll just lead the conversation in a different direction. And since drinks have been had, they completely forget about what the conversation was they were having previously anyway. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. Look at me, fucking that's magician out here. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm excited about our guest today. We've got Dan Owen James with us from the Blind Pig in White Plains. Uh, this is really a cocktail bar, the, kind of the first bar you can really go to in the area that you can actually get a cocktail from where you're not worrying about how long has the vermouth been sitting out and open uh, like you would in, in some places at the end of the day, right? Like, you get a quality cocktail here. Well, welcome, guys. Thanks, please. Thanks for having us. James, Dano, you know, you guys have known each other for quite some time now. I, uh, it's been a while, yeah, probably since... Since I came here, yeah. Yeah. How long ago did you meet? Six years. Six years. It'll be coming on seven now, and soon enough. Coming on seven now, soon enough. Yeah. Yeah, seven years, and that's through a handful of different bars. I mean, I know you guys from Brazen Fox. At yeah. The end of the day. Yeah. I I started because I used to work construction when I came here first, and I actually used to work with his brother. Okay. And then fucking you know I started working with him in a bar in the Bronx called the Coachman's. Um, actually the owner of that place. Back us, I mean, so he's we're all we're corners and blind pigs. So his name is Carby Mannix. You now he was looking off. He, I think he honestly he believed more in Dano than he did believe in the idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what they say. Anyway, they say uh, like, he know. did not know what a cocktail was. He no. still does. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he still does. It's right? only now. It's only now he's kind of understanding what we set out to do. Gotcha. But I feel like he got on board because he he's seen our work ethic and he was like, all right, I know whatever the lads are going to do, they're putting their head to and they're going to they're going to do their best at it and we're trying our best to do what we're trying to do like you know he sees that now he doesn't understand it but he sees it and mm. he, it's it's been a it's been a good journey from like working in a dive bar running a dive bar for this guy to working in white plains that's in the bronx to working in white plains in a high-end cocktail bar you know so it's definitely it's it's for all of us been a funny jump yeah. but at the same time i feel like it was always going to go that way like it was, I knew from when I first worked for Kirby that one day I would definitely be running a bar for him or with him. And me and James spoke about it since we we would like obviously work together. And then when he went to the city, came back up and was working on Brazen Fox with us. And um, once we start hanging out outside of work as well, like, you know, uh, getting into our routine we always spoke about the same things like look we're going to open a bar this is what we're going to do so yeah, he's always talking about doing something anyway yeah. you know what I mean and then 
over time then you're like why don't you just do a bar like we're both bartenders like we should just do a bar yeah, it just makes <laughs> sense yeah, at one time we were looking no, over the gym <laughs> yeah it was, what was it? it was a gym and there was a deli yeah and there oh, was a, was there a gas station no it wasn't a gas station a McDonald's drive through that was I, that's still a good <laughs> one idea one time that is still, a good still idea a good you idea. can't go wrong with a McDonald's and do you know how much money it costs to open a McDonald's they say you need oh, like yeah. two, two million, two in, million. Ca- in like liquid capital yeah Jesus crazy yeah that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot but you also money. think it's McDonald's don't close, you know, whenever one opens up, like it's there. Exactly, yeah. You never oh, see man. it close. So sticking a McDonald's drive through and yeah. someone's driving through it. I'm telling you <laughs> yeah, that much. Yeah. People you, people will walk through it. People like, will yeah. walk. I was just gonna <laughs> go say to that, the Bronx, yeah. they're walking through it. They don't <laughs> yeah. got cars, they're yeah. still going to they the want a cheeseburger. cheeseburger. So, so you guys have always essentially kind of just been business minded and I'm sure that's where this friendship comes together. Uh, maybe you more so than me, but honestly man, I'm from rural Ireland. Yeah. I mean there's a sheep over here and there's a cow over there. <laughs> And that's it. You know what I mean? Nobody's, none of my family ever had like a business or none of my very close friends ever had a business. So, you know, actually, we've got to give a lot of thanks to, to Vinny Nanzani. Uh, Vinny Nanzani, yeah. Phil Gasparino, all them boys, like Brian Silverman as well to a certain degree. They were always like, The lads you know, we met brazen. Yeah, man. Seriously. Changed the life. They, they, they were always talking about business big time. And, and the guys who own brazen, Declan Ransford and Rory Dolan, like yeah. they 100% affected our decisions and which way to go about things and they they showed us a lot of a lot of what we do and how we treat our guests and like they genuinely a lot of our staple points of what we instill in our bar restaurant would be what we learned from them guys but we're the next generation Mm -hmm. and we are we're out and seeing what's going on and we're involved in it and we're doing it so it's like now I'm sure they're looking at us and they're like, okay, they're using what we give them, but they're using it differently. Right. But that's yeah. what it's all about because it's mm. the next step. Proven. And that's what following trends. Trends yeah. is a big thing too, you know? So mm. you, and not to cut too far off to the point, but before we get away from it, uh, a lot of people, I, I don't realize this, the West Coast doesn't really deal with Irish boys. They don't, they don't have California. them over there like that. Yeah, it's not in the same droves and numbers that I we have to. here on this East Coast. Yeah. So, you know, working at Black Bear for some time with the Irish boys over there, I learned a lot from just people coming literally off the boat and coming to visit yeah. and, say, and me saying, why is everyone coming here and why are they always working bars? And the answer is always like, there's no work at home. Yeah, That's zero. the thing. There's yeah. no work. In the city, maybe where he's from, maybe, but man. where I'm from, zero, man. Where if I... I, if I got a job I'd be lucky to have a job you know what I mean and I'd probably be making dirt and I'd be lucky to be making that you know yes where, where honestly where I came from man is government housing you know what I mean like very few people were employed where I left and I was one of few people who was employed when I went to school and stuff I always stayed employed because my household just didn't have that kind of funds to not have me employed but what I will say is Man, that's where you learn to grind. You know, we you gotta understand is like we're Irish guys. We came out here and, and ladies as well. We came out here and we haven't had it super easy all the time. Now I'm not saying we came from third world countries, but there's just not the same opportunities in Ireland. So yeah, when we come out here and I'm like, oh wow, people are talking about oh, I did an 18 hour shift, and I'm like, all right, well I'll do I'll open close Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, yeah. and that's great. I have no problem doing that. Yeah. And then and it's the, the grind. It's like, like you know, like we're, we're used to the grind. Mad. We've been grinding since we came here. America is all about work, and some people in America are all about play. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think that speaks to a good quality too. You know, all the guys that I've worked beside definitely have that that work mentality where 
nobody's bitching about their nine-hour shift, their eight-hour mm. shift. Uh, in fact, they want more hours. Give me more. Yeah. And when, I go, when I go to bed at night, I pray know? to God. And I pray to God to send me more work. Every night I say, I love the work. Send me more. <laughs> well, yeah, it's actually funny. We call at the restaurant, if you work a day shift, like let's say you come and open the restaurant. Half and day. You, if you leave and it's light out, we call it off. You're off yeah. today. Yeah. You didn't actually work. If but the sun is still up when you leave work. If the sun is still up when you leave, you're off. But that's true, man. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. The shifts that I have at the minute, I work I work Tuesday. Right, so I start at four, which means we're we're probably in there, you know, after we get the morning done. So it's probably like two o'clock, mm. right? But so we're in there from two, start Barton at four until four a.m. and have to open the following day. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna bring a change of clothes, sleep over here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, might as well. I'm saving myself like yeah. two hours. Yeah. But then you get up the next day and you open, and then you get off at six. You feel like you're the off. And I'm like, all right, I'm off. This is great. Like, <laughs> yeah. I barely yeah. even work today. This is phenomenal. Yeah. You know? But that's just that's just how it is. Really. But it's a lifestyle. Sleep, you know what I mean? It is a lifestyle. It definitely is a lifestyle. Yeah. The industry is yeah. a lifestyle, and you got if you want to if you want to make it as a career, you got to love it. Yeah. You got to love it for you what it is. You got to be in it hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can, you know, I feel like you can really change your mindset about uh, about liking it. Like one thing I would say is like from not having any business perspective or any kind of business. You know, knowledge prior, so you really do have to change your way of thinking. Yeah, you know I mean, you can't just be like normal, like employee. You have to like think about it, like all the time, first of all, and also you have to kind of elevate your thinking. Because like, when we were opening the place, like there was a lot of things that came up with the building specifically that we weren't aware of. And it was a first business, and we had no, you know, we didn't have any knowledge. So like these things come up, and you, you know, one thing goes bad, and you're like, oh shit, like everything's fucking wrong, the place is coming down. You have to really like. You be aware that things are going to come up. You, you have to be able, able to, to deal with those. Them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's no giving up. Like you just constantly got to work through everything. Yeah, like that's what it is. When we found out that we couldn't have gas in the kitchen, and we were told that we had a gas kitchen that was ready to rock. Yeah. When we found out that we couldn't have gas in the get- kitchen because there's a moratorium on in Westchester. When we yeah. found out that, James rang me. I was working down the city. I remember. Junction, I was like, oh, shout he's out to the junction. Freak. Freak. <laughs> I tell them this. <laughs> I was uh, bartending, I walked outside and he was freaking. And I was like, we had already signed our lease. Like, and I was like, James, like, we can't get you. What, what are we going to do? And I was like, oh my God, like this is the world's coming down on top of us. And then I had to go back in. I'm in Murray Hill. <laughs> yeah. And we have a full bar in here. And I got yeah. back in here and put on a smile and started yeah. rocking again. But it's just, yeah. again, it's just like, that was the first thing that came up. You know, of course there was going to be things that come up. Like it's normal. It's, you know it's, I mean? And I was going to ask why, because I saw you guys open without the kitchen. And I was yeah. going to ask that why, like, did you want to build the bar first or the kitchen? But now you answered the question. Yeah. Thank God we did. Yeah, it's so. not, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we're very, very lucky in the situation that we're in so far that we can focus on the bar. Yeah. Because if you've done both, you know, the bar, it, I wouldn't say the bar is a shit show, but it's definitely not running at 100% efficiency. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then if you had to have both... Now both are slacking yes. so for double the time. Yeah. It's, okay. it's like I said, it's not running at 100% efficiency, but every Saturday we go in there and every single Saturday we make sure that the next Saturday is something has improved. We take one thing from behind our bar every week and we're like, how can we improve this? Last week we put in a new sink. This week we're putting in two more because it's easier to use for us for the cocktails, for the dump sinks. Next week we're putting in a wine cooler so that we have our wine stocked and cooled upstairs in yeah. a wine cooler. Like every week we definitely make sure to throw back into what it is because that's what we're here to improve it as much as we can you know so if you don't have gas in the kitchen what's your plans for operating the electric. kitchen electric yeah. all electric yeah electric, electric equipment works just as well yeah, yeah. Dent no, and co. 
has an electric kitchen. Yeah, everything in their kitchen is electric. All electric. You know, um, what type of uh, we went down to to Death and Co. and we were chatting to them guys, and we jumped behind the bar that was in there, and they they were nice enough to show us some stuff that they do and how they do it and what way it works. And they have an electric kitchen, and they're putting out food. Yeah, really great food. You know, really good. It really comes down to your chef at that point. I think, and our chef, he's really talented. You know, and um. He's definitely he he's he's here for the challenge. Like he he's excited to take part in it, and that that obviously means a lot. But if we had it opened up with food, let me tell you, at one point, me and James were doing the cloping, as they call it, the yeah. close open. Yep. And very familiar with that. <laughs> very familiar <laughs> with that. <laughs> no, that goes out to our bartender Justin. <laughs> Justin taught us that one, the cloping. Cloping. Yeah. Right. So um, we're doing the cloping, but we're doing the cloping, and we ran out of. Brazilian pink pineapple syrup and we ran out of blackberry puree and raspberry puree and you know we're going home to make that <laughs> right. you know what I mean like that yeah. has to be in the morning and I'm open so when we leave James it's 5.30 James goes home and James make raspberry I make blackberry and that's what it was like at the start and mm. not many people are gonna like do not that. many people have that in and that, that's that's why the cocktail thing it can be very hard especially if you're trying to get on your feet and do it yourself and you don't have a huge amount of finances behind you to start off until like your income starts coming in like because me and James when we first start working like I had been out of work since September because mm. I had given up my job to open up this restaurant in September and I had told him that in the February before and James he was just after finishing off in Brazen Fox and we still hadn't opened and like all of our finances went into the bar that we had and like we were both in the red line, you know. So it was oh, like yeah. it wasn't fun. Like you know like what I mean. I'm the only one we, we had, we were after putting in, and then we're up all night. We gotta get back in the next day, and we're trying to get it up and running. If you're somebody who has like five other bars, six other bars, and you can like use your resources, that definitely helps. But for the likes of us who come from the industry, who are bartenders, and who are like, look, we're giving it a shot because this is what we like to do, and. We didn't have that kind of financial aid, as you will, because obviously we're not that. You know, we're <laughs> not them guys. Yeah. Just like Joe's hopes. Yes. But uh, not having that, that definitely, that made it a lot harder. But it's not impossible. Like, you know, anybody who works in the industry who really wants to put their head in and do it, the thing about it is, I get hired, okay? I get hired and people hire me to do a job. Mm-hmm. And I've never missed work and I always show up and I've never had an issue with it. Now, why, if these people keep hiring me, why do I not hire myself to do this job? Because they think I'm doing a great job, so I can do it for them, I can do it for me. And that's where it was time to make your money work for you. And James is the same. Like He was a staple at Brazen Fox as a bartender. They were said they're Not sorry right. to have you him know, go. <laughs> you know? I mean. And I would hire James as a bartender for me, so why not hire yourself? Right, and that's where we got it too. Like you know, the uh, and and that's another thing too is like bartenders all the time. Like I'm gonna open a bar one day. I'm gonna open a bar one day, and they don't maybe realize how much really does go into this. Like you just said, you were out of work since September trying to open up this bar. There's mm-hmm. like three months later that you have to make sure that you have that additional funding to just survive. Yeah, my, and that's not even the doors opening or no, just yourself realizing that there's gonna be problems like yeah. trying to get these doors open. Yeah, whatever I would say to people. Uh, whatever if you want to open a bar whatever you think it's going to cost triple it 
Yeah. Treble it. Not even like, double treble like, it. Yeah. One I thing, was going to say double. <laughs> I not treble. I was going to say, like, whatever you think, one thing that uh, one thing that I don't think most people know is let's say you're taking uh, a lease on a building, right? Depending for, for us, we, you know, we don't have any prior business history, so we have to give more money up front. So, you know, you move into your apartment, you have to give one month's rent, one security. You open a business lease, you have to give one month's rent and six months' security. You know what I mean? Depending, if your rent is, let's say, 10 grand, that's a hundred grand. Uh, no, it's not. What is it? Sixty. Sixty. sixty sorry, I'm retired. <laughs> sixty. But I you know, it's sixty G's. Like that's sixty G's gone. Like straight away. You know what I mean? Like before anything else. Yeah, man. It's it's definitely. It's crazy. I did, like I spent my last three hundred bucks, and this is legitimately. I spent my last three hundred bucks that I had in my bank account on shirts and slacks to wear into the blind pig on my first week. That's what I was like. Listen, I'm all in now. This is it. Like you know, I'm dressed to go into work, and let's work and hope for the best. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about those outfits in a little bit. And you certainly <laughs> do look like 300 bucks behind the bar. I will say Cheers. that. <laughs> uh, but like, circle back before we get like too far into you know the opening of Blind Pig too, right? So you're working together. You're deciding that you know, all right, this guy's got a good head on his shoulder. I've got a good head on my shoulder. Maybe we're looking to potentially open a business. Mm. And, you know, you just said, too, uh, a little bit earlier that you were looking to open various different things before you were like, wait, we're behind the bar. Let's open a bar. Um, At at what point did you acknowledge each other's strengths? Like, we're not all great at everything, right? Somebody's better at something than others, and you need Mm. that to actually coexist. And I learned a lot from James, a lot, like, from when we start hanging out together. um, He is way more level-headed than I. And I learned to, a lot from watching him deal with situations that I see myself not being able to deal with. And then I also learned a lot from him in the way of um, that he didn't know about everything. Like, no one knows about everything. But what he put his head to, he got straight into it and picked it up. And when I seen stuff like that, I was like, all right, this is... if. I'd rather be the slowest guy in the room than the quickest, right? Like, you know, it's like surround yourself with good people. So I was like, right, James is better than this than I am. So this is what I got to watch out for. Like, we both are strong points. And, you know, his strong points definitely made me realize that they were my weak points and that I could learn from him in that way. So that was good. But it goes vice versa also. You know, that's that's a good point. But... um, I think it's you're not going to find somebody that's perfect oh this is a perfect business relationship you know what I mean but over time you know there's one thing that you have to be very aware of is you have to be very open to criticism I feel like you know from being in a restaurant as well like everybody's going to come in and say oh you should do this or whatever you know and things are not going wrong and you think it's or things are going not what they should and you think they're, it might be your idea like I wanted to do something in the restaurant that the boys didn't like and I really really wanted it I'm like you know what the boys have a point they don't like it I gotta drop this you know, and then we don't, and there it goes vice versa. You know what I mean? So give and take. There's a lot of give and take. You yeah. really got to work together as a team. And you hear more criticism. You hear more criticism than you do. Oh yeah, yeah. criticism all the time. You can but, do everything perfect, and you'll you'll yeah. hear the critic. But I sometimes you got to just like really listen to it because yeah. they might have a good point. And, oh, for you know, sure. Just don't yeah, get your ego sure. in the way. Like you know what? That's actually a good idea. Yeah. Big time. And honestly, yeah. like some of the things that I ended up liking the most were things that I would have been opposed to, or a lot of the ideas that came about that were ones that I really enjoy now are ones that I didn't enjoy when first brought to me but that could have been because I would have had an opposing idea which I thought was good at the time but obviously in hindsight I'm like oh this is a great idea this is what I'm happy we yeah. done you know mm-hmm. and 
I feel like you get better at that the more you do it, as opposed to nobody's great at that at the start. I feel like that's something that get you get good at with practice, and to the point where sometimes you might get too good at it, where you start being overly nice, mm. you know, like where you might drop your own points. And, and see, like Justin, like what you were saying before about the business thing, it's crazy coming from Ireland. Like when you run into guys in the own. For me, it was construction companies. The guys, oh, I own a million dollar construction company. I'm like, that is crazy. Like, how did you come about? And then, you know, over time, then you realize that, like, America is really all about, like, work, which is good because that's what we come here for. You know what I mean? And there is endless opportunities. So as long as you're willing to put your head down, you can just constantly, like, grow. And then, um, there, for me, anyway, personally, it was, uh, you know, I'm very comfortable working where I was working in Brazen Fox. Like, it was very, very, but in 10 years time you know I might have a wife I might have a kid you know I might have a few more bills than I normally do have and is where I am now going to cover where I am then you know like that's the thing for, for me I think in, for both of us in general is we are not in this for money I don't think we're in for more security mm. you know like again I don't ever plan on like maybe getting married or having a kid but it's probably going to happen you know the same for any of us you know what I mean but uh, you know when we're in that situation I want to be able to look after my wife my yep. kid my mother, my father, my sister. My sister's getting married next year. Like, I would like to be in the position where I'm able to like really cover most of her wedding. You know, stuff like that. You know, that right. means a lot. You know, so you really just const- you constantly have to be growing. You can't yep. be stagnant. You have to be working harder all the time, or like grow your assets or something. You know what I mean? Because otherwise, you're gonna be like someone said it to me not that long ago. Like you get a new phone every single year. You know what I mean? Like how often do you improve yourself? Yeah, you know time. Brian Matcom if he's listening, cheers lad. That was him. <laughs> a SWAT team officer in Greenborg. He told me that before. It's good. You know? it, it's interesting you said that too because we, I think it was last episode we were talking about being able to take a step back to go forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And that was something I did. Like when I was bartending before before I, I started bar. Well, I started as a busboy and then take out whatever. Work up, eventually yeah. got to bartending and then at that point in my life, I was making more than most of my friends were making. But as I a bartender, it, yeah, and yeah. I, I knew the same thing. I said, I'm making great money, but I'm kind of capped. Like, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is what I'm gonna make. Yeah, you gotta move up again. <clears throat> you know, I'm working six days a week, yeah, busting ass every night. Yeah, I'm making good money, but I'm never gonna go above that. And if I, when I do, at the time I was single, so it didn't matter. But if I do get married and have kids, I'm gonna want to spend some time with them, probably. Of course. Yeah, yeah, right. You can't take time off, and stuff. exactly. Yeah, so that would so that was, I knew I had to go backwards. To go forward, yeah, yeah, right, and I think we talked about it. People like struggle with that sometimes. Of they course. think they want to be a manager. They think they want to be an owner because they think, oh, they make. If I'm making this money, they make that money. Yeah, they don't see the don't, struggle before that exactly, steps. Yeah, like going there's a lot. You know? yeah. like it's like that iceberg picture. You ever see it, the iceberg and it's like success, yeah. and then underneath it's like doubt, criticism, <laughs> right. late nights, hard see, work. Man, and you're like, yeah. shit. I look at what it is. I worked for uh, Bernie Riley, and he he's the man who. He runs Connolly's. He runs Connolly's in the Perfect Point. Sean's and Megan's. The Marion Row Hotel, which I actually opened up with them and I did the cocktail program in there for them guys. But I worked with him and I, I learned a lot from him. And I learned a lot from working under Declan and Rory Dolan. And my thing is, I'm 27 and James is 25. And I've got at least 20 years of hard work in me. Like at least. And I'm talking real hard work. I can outwork most people. And I genuinely believe when I look at Rory and stuff, I'm like, they guys did it, and they did it off just hard work. And if they can do it off just hard work, I've got 20 years of newer technology, 
of more information, of access to pretty much anything I want as long as I actually want to put my head down to it and do it. There's no reason why I can't do exactly what they did and only the next version of it. And that's sure. what I look at when I look at them guys. I'm like, they paved the way for for Irish guys when we look at like... It's the like guys. the American dream pretty yes. much when you yeah. imagine, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rory Dolan comes from a similar place for me. He's like, he's probably like, I want to say 20 minutes drive away from him. Well, originally from. But the same thing, he comes from a field in the middle of nowhere with a house yeah. and yeah. that's it. But now he's... You, know, you, could, you wouldn't have enough fingers and toes to count as, as restaurants in Westchester and the city. And yeah. when we you get sidetracked, Dustin here, I'm sorry, man. We're just conversations no, on the way with us. No, <laughs> yeah. keep going. No, I'm not starting this conversation. When I look at them guys, genuinely, all I think is like some people look at them and think, oh, they did, they got lucky, this, that. I look at them and I'm like, man, I can definitely do what they did. Like, yeah. They did a good job yeah. for the last yeah. 20 years. And I like, can do a good yeah. job. It's like you know? somebody says, I can't think, it might be Warren Buffett, I might be wrong, but and somebody says, it's funny, the harder that they work, the luckier they get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know, it might be Warren Buffett, I'm not too sure. It's one of those guys in there. You, you make valid points too, though. You know, these guys were in this business forever. They yeah. worked their asses off. They didn't have the same things that we have nowadays. We definitely to build have off. an easier way, yeah. And it, I don't know if it's even necessarily <laughs> easier. It's just, it's different, right? And mm. we have to learn how to use all these tools the same way yeah, they learn how resources. to use all their tools. Of course. Yeah. But, you know, through the years of working on that avenue also, I'm looking at some of these owners and I'm like, they don't know what's really happening anymore. Like but they see yeah. the cash sheets, they're seeing what's happening on the back end, they're seeing what's happening in the street, but they're not really visibly seeing the trends yeah, and moving fast that, yeah, enough yeah, to yeah. change them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, but I, you know, I, if I it's not like broken, don't fix it. You know, like Hudson Grill is a great restaurant, still is. Brazen Fox, great restaurant, still is. You know, that's like a well oiled machine. It is. Yes. It took like 10, 12 years to get it the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and trends are definitely important. You know, if you're opening somewhere new, I feel like trends are important, but that place has been a staple. And I, and I really, both those places, and I really think that they're going to continue to be a staple for a long time. Yeah. But the trend thing is very important. You're right. And honestly, what I will say is that as much as you're you're dead right, but these guys are after moving on into the next part of it. Yeah. You know, these guys are after moving on into the part of they're Almost the type just of people investors. who are giving us the mm-hmm. chance. Now, them specific guys are not giving us the chance right now. But what I'm saying is they are the guys who are... And not to take any away from them. They're no. like, we, we don't have any bad blood no, those guys at all. They're the guys who are coming to people all. like me and James now or yourself or anyone who they see in the industry, who they see, like they came to Seamus. Seamus is now a partner in Brazen yep. Fox and has been for a while. Yeah, they he's seen definitely good at his him. job. People and loved him. Yeah, and they're the guys now who are basically picking out the people who they look at and say, like, are they're good for this industry. And, right, they're older, they're like... They've got kids and families and they're ready to enjoy their time off now. They've done the work and I feel like they are now looking to the guys like me and James mm. and Vincent Anazetti and Phil Gasparino and the guys who are up and coming and want to open up their own restaurants. They're looking at them and like, these guys have great interest in it. These guys are willing to put into work and I don't need to know what's going on anymore because I have these guys doing it for yeah. me and that's where they're at now. They're in a new yeah. position. But yeah, you know... And that's going, right, like, that's going back to like what we were saying before is Declan Rainsfield, he owns Brazen Fox. You know, he has a wife and a couple of kids now. You know, his priority is more towards those, you know, not spending like 100 hours a week working at the restaurant. Yeah, or even you know his mean? priority is not what's going to be the next cocktail. You know, his priority is definitely, when I have four kids, I'm sure my priority will not. I, I was up yesterday trying to fiddle around with cocktails and we have one coming out and I want to use squid ink. A cocktail, mm-hmm. okay. Nice. 
So, but Declan doesn't give a fuck. No, honestly, when I worked when I worked in Raising Fox, if I had went to Declan on a Thursday night after a long week and been like, "Hey, Declan, I have made this cocktail with squid ink in it," he probably would have been like, "That's great, Dana, but I have four girls to get up in the morning for school and this and yeah, that, exactly. and you know, I have three other five other businesses to yeah, run. So, exactly. you know, bring so, it up at the next meeting. Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic idea, but you got to take care of that. Kind of <laughs> yes. Where did the idea for the blind pig come from? Like, why the name the blind? Um, that's a good question right, I'm very glad that you asked that thank question you, thank you alright so um, we the the whole business thing was always a thing you know uh, when you're hanging out there was always like a lot of car talk you know driving somewhere there was a lot of business talk whatever back and forth so anyway when the bar came in we were thinking about names and we were throwing a few around we wanted to name the bar after like famous gang or you know something the pearl buttons cool. the pearl buttons Hudson Duster was one but Hudson Grills already my plans we old school that. gang names from yeah just gotcha. ones that sound cool like the Dead Rabbits you know the Dead Rabbits a great one it, it's yeah. a fantastic name yeah. it really really is you know but um, those didn't come up and we ended up settling on the blind pig and honestly I hate it <laughs> I, I hate it <laughs> at the start was not I was like not nah, but was, this was this was the first thing that I was like listen I'm getting out forward on the boys like it all right we'll make it work somehow so. Thank God, right? Touch wood. Thank God, and hopefully we get more strikes to look like this. The more I looked into it, uh, during the prohibition, you know, you had your speakeasies, and they were very bougie places. You know, you had little celebrities and like your fire department, big shots and cops and politicians and all those. And then on the lower end of things, you had blind pigs, which was more casual, divey, you know, probably like a shithole place that you could go and get a drink. It was more for the people. Right, and how they used to circumvent the law was they didn't charge you for drinks. They charged you an entry fee and gave you a complimentary cocktail. Mm-hmm. That's how they got around the law. So, you know, we, we always want to do... I think speakeasy started to come more into trend and cocktails and they kind of go hand in hand. So we were like, we're going to do this. And then the blind pig came up and I was like, you know, this is actually a perfect name. Like, wow. It's like, we're, def- we're, a, we're, we're a speakeasy team, but, you know, we're not... We don't have, like, the fake storefront. Right. And we are in a neighborhood, so we definitely want to be considered... You know, a more casual space. It's like fucking blind pig. Fuck, it's perfect. I was like, good idea, lads. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, and but there you go. You like, you know, you bury your ego. You let the thing go over, and they're like, you know what? That was a really, really good idea. I'm very glad that we went with that. You know, that's where that came up. Interesting. Yeah. So, but you know, back to how do you go with your pitch though? Where you know, where do you start with this pitch? Do you have a whole PDF that's, document of no, seven sheets open? That's, that's Dano all day. What'd you, what'd he, you do? He buddy? came to me and I was like, "Good idea, let's go." <laughs> but he done the he done the work prior to that. So, um, <coughs> honestly, what happened was when we left Brazen Fox. When I left Brazen Fox and I left White Plains, and I went back down to the city, I seen this like new bang of cocktails. Like I went to the Penrose first, and I was like, "Wow, I seen what they were doing." Penrose Great Spot, Great Spot, yeah. Great Cocktail Bar. And then I went down to a bar down on 14th Street called Grace's and they had been opened by one of the guys who used to work in the Penrose and they had started a cocktail program as well. Then I was approached by Bernie Riley and he asked me to come back working for him and he told me about the Marion Row Hotel. <clears throat> it was just a blank place and basically I was being given run of it and he was like, so I could do whatever I want. So I was like, I want to do a cocktail spot. So that was right in the middle of Times Square. So I got a really, that was great for our experience. Like that was great for like, I was like, this is my template of now, what would I do when I'm doing it for myself? So I got to do that for them and that's still there and they're, they're going great. So happy for them guys. But once I did that, then Toys came open. And when Toys came open, obviously we had... We had been looking at a few spaces we'd, before we'd, that, We'd right? actually been looking at... At two, we had an offer on one. <clears throat> yeah, we, we looked at two places, another place in Westchester and then we looked at 
the old copper face jacks, right? So we went looking at both places. And the place in Terrytown. And we went to a place to a Terrytown. So this was the We went to look yeah. at a few places. Yeah. And then once we went into Ty's Tavern, and honestly, I always knew Ty's, but I'd never been in there. Mm. It was really old. But we were, we straight away, we were like, right, this is pretty much it. This is the spot. Like, we kind of knew we were like, this is way better. Thank God we didn't get anything else. But then it came down to writing a business plan. So when it came down to writing a business plan to the landlords, um, basically I just told them what it was. I yeah, they, I they were they they really believed in the idea too. You have to give it to like, They wanted something more millennial, something cool. You know, yeah. Ty's Tavern was there for a million years. Forever. Yes. So they needed something modern. So we we, you know, we basically something brought nice on the street a, a plan and a picture and a vision. And the vision was exactly I had a picture of two guys behind a bar looking similar to ours, wearing white shirts, suspenders, dicky bows, candle lit. And then we went into the business plan, which was written like we want to do elevated bar food menu. You know, we have um, a chef who's ready to do that. It's not pub food. We want to do high end cocktails that are not being done in Westchester. We want to have we want to be. This was the plan that I told them. We want to be what you want, what you go to the city for. We want to do that. We don't want you to have to go to the city. We want you to be able to get exactly what you mm. want from the city around the corner from your house. And that was the plan. Yeah. And we want to bring basically lower Manhattan, the yeah, East Brooklyn, Village and Brooklyn Upper East Side. And that was the plan because yeah. that's what's cool and that's what's going on now. And that wasn't being done in White Plains. And once we read the business plan for that and... It was it was a long pre- process to write in that, but once we did, I feel like straight away they were like, yeah, they 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 had six other offers and they were like, yeah, and we told them we we're like, look, we we know White Plains, we we're very friendly with a lot of people here, um, we, we've been working here before, we know the neighborhood, we know yeah, how it works Plains around here. Very very good to me. Uh, we we want very, to be part of the community. We want we don't just want to take from the community. We also want to give to the community. Hence, like. We plan on sponsoring leagues and we plan on entering teams and leagues and stuff like this. You know, like we want to have fun with other people as part of the community. We don't want to just be another restaurant. We want to be part of White Plains. And honestly, they they definitely asked around about us and myself and James. I'm sure they got good feedback because they came back to us and they accepted it over the other six offers. And we were super happy that they did. Mm -hmm. And since then, our landlord actually last week had the mayor of White Plains in. Um, yeah, for a fundraising event. Yeah, they, actually, yeah. they had a fundraising event for him, and she set that up herself. So we know she believes in the blind pig as well because she's now bringing business to us, which is great because we have some really, really nice people coming in. And yeah, we're getting amazing feedback as well. Every really like, we're blessed to be able to say that people really like what we're doing, you know, because yeah, it, people it's like awesome. the idea. Of course, you know, what I mean, it's first business. People like the idea, and the fact that we put so much into it, it definitely hearing back that people are like, ah. Oh, you know, we've needed something like this. Uh, this is so refreshing for white plains. To me, like, that's like music to my ears. I'm yeah. like, thank God. I'm yeah. like, cause I mean, yeah, it's, it's, sim- it's, it's in its simplest form, right? Yes. You had, I saw an opportunity to fill a need that was lacking in the area. Yeah. I was just saying that before, like, there's not a really good cocktail bar in, or, you know, what you said, the way you described it in the, in the yeah. area. No. Man, we yeah, were told, we were actually told not to do it. Oh, by, by everybody yeah, yes. we were told cocktails and white plants don't do it people yeah. want beer and shots everybody yeah. tells you not to do it I yeah. think every good Isn't idea it? somebody said don't do it you don't yeah. want to do it yeah. I, like, I like to say well my dad told me not to do it oh, yeah? anything yeah my dad yeah. was like yeah, you don't want to do this 
Definitely. Go work for somebody else. That's yeah. What, that yeah, was what he said. But then, you know, it's in the places where like things are really trendy, like Brooklyn, for example, Upper East Side, Astor Place, you know, places local, Queens to a certain extent. Like these are like new places are popping up. There's, um, uh, what's the name of the company that owns uh, Mean Fiddler? What's the name? PMAC Hospitality Group, is it? Yes. So they PMAC, also yeah. owns um, the Haswell Greens, Tanner Smith's, Dutch Fred's. All of them. All those, so they have, they have really good cocktail bars. As a matter of fact, yeah. shout out quick, Frankie. Oh Frankie yeah, Frankie Oli helped Cheers, us with Frankie, our cocktail yeah. menu yeah, first. He big is shout a, he's a moving of it. He's gone and he is in Vegas. The Oli Way. Yeah, Oli Way. The Oli Way, O-L-E-Y Way, yeah. Um, yeah, so those guys, uh, they're the same as those, like just Irish guys. I think I think one guy, is one guy from Cavan? I know two of them are from Dublin, right? Yes. One guy's from Cavan. Yeah. But anyway, I those actually, guys, funny story. I was barred from all their bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, when yeah. I used to drink, I don't drink anymore. But when I used to drink, I, as a mean fiddler, I got kicked out of me and fiddler yeah, so many can't times. Can't be good all the time, you know. So many times, but uh, I read the, them a letter. Did you wrote them a yeah, letter? I was like, oh, I'm sorry, and I told one of their employees. Like I was actually meant to go work for them, and then I went in. And I told their employees, I was like, look, I was like, tell the guys, I'm super sorry that I'd ever caused inconvenience for them, <laughs> and it, it's been a long time since I've drank, and I don't do that anymore. And honestly, then they actually reached out to me and I got chatting to them and they were like, oh, thanks so much. Yeah. And they helped me. They were, they were very, they were they, super helpful. Yeah, they were well. helpful as well. But it's funny because they did like, at one point they didn't even want me in one of their yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. We've got so much more to talk to Dano and James about. This conversation isn't over. Click that subscribe button on your platform so you don't miss the rest of this interview when it airs. Be sure to stop into the Blind Pig and let them know you heard this conversation. <laughs> Now, waiting on fries, quarters in full effect. Judge J residing in the case of waiting on fries against the Yelp viewers of America. Prosecuting attorneys are Anu Bandel and Justin Zato. Order, order, order. So, this week's Yelp review goes as follows On Friday, August 2nd, 2019, at 2 45 p.m., I went to the bar and ordered a beer to relax after a hard day's work. After I got the beer, I had to ask for a napkin. No customer service there. Then I took the glass of beer outside and sat at those comfortable cushioned chairs. I sat there from 3 p.m. to 3.45 p.m., and none of the three waitresses who were going outside to help other customers never came over and asked me if I wanted another beer. They passed me by as if I didn't exist. They didn't even smile at me or ask me if everything was okay. There were only three other tables with customers outside. The customer service was horrendous. I felt extremely bad and they, when they ignored me and didn't even look my way. I was sitting in the middle of the patio section so they could not say they did not see me. I'm 5'7 and very distinguished looking at 62 years old. I live in Larchmont, and for 45 minutes while I sat outside, nobody came to see if I wanted another beer, which I would have ordered. What? What? I know I know exactly what Justin's going to say about this. Exactly? Exactly what I'm going to say? Yeah. I have an idea of what he might say, but I don't know if I know exactly what he's going to say. But what do you think he's going to say? I, I think he's going to say, so they went to the bar, they got drinks, and then they went outside and sat themselves. Um... But why didn't the servers pay any attention to them as they were sitting there with an empty drink? I think regardless of if they sat themselves or if somebody sat them, for people to just walk by them, it's kind of rude. I think in the industry period, you should have the 510 rule. We, yeah. We, I don't, we've spoken about that before, but if you're within... We, ha- we haven't spoken about that on here before. Okay, sorry. So the 510 rule, where with your, you're within 10 feet of somebody... You have to acknowledge them, like give them a look or acknowledge their existence. And if you're within five feet of somebody, you have to say something. Yeah. 
So if that's in place in an establishment, then you wouldn't have this scenario. You wouldn't have this problem. Completely, completely. Um, at the end of the day, too, it's everyone's job and responsibility to be paying attention to those that are sitting anywhere uh, that are looking around, looking like they maybe need some help. You can't just sit there and say, oh, it's not my table. It's not my guest. I'm not going to take care of them. That's not hospitality. Uh, hospi- hosp- Hospitable. Thank you. You're welcome. Yep. Hospitable. That's why you're That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. You know, the 510 rule is used for a hospitality rule. But to be honest, it, it's really just life. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. it, you know, you walk by people and you're five feet away. You can give them a look. Say, hi. Good morning. Yeah. How are you? Something. Common courtesy. I, I'm with you. I, I totally do that. I head shake all day except for my neighbor who keeps on removing the the rock that I keep putting in the door to leave open. That guy does not get a hello from me. That's Maybe a societal thing, though. We've kind of went away from acknowledging Easy each access. other in real life. Sure. Easy access for everybody. Totally. And everybody's plugged in and just self-aware only and not aware with everything that's going on. So the best the best piece of this review, though, is like it was a very professional answer. I think the best takeaway from this review is be a decent human being. Yeah, but I'm happy that the establishment actually answered appropriately and correctly and professionally, and they did their correct job at the end of the day. The response from the uh, ownership was, I have no excuse for this lack of service and attention you received. I assure you that it will be discussed. Please visit us again and ask for one of us. I'm sure we will have a much better experience. Boom. Done. Done. I mean, that is customer service right it's there. It's as easy as that. And like, Come back and let us yeah, although, although this person needed a little bit more love and attention, and rightfully so, management was like, hey, I'm here for you. We screwed up. Please come talk to me. And they'll probably buy her a drink or an appetizer. I'm sure they will. Especially if she's a non-threatening, 67-year-old, 5'7", very distinguished. Distinguished-loving 62-year-old from right? Richmond. Crazy. That's not that crazy. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of picturing what this person looks like, and I can, I can tell, I, I can gather a good idea of what this person looks like, and it, and I, I can see where this is gonna lead with, with the staff, and I can see them kind of, oh, this guy just got his beer and decided the whole patio is his, and he can just sit wherever he wants and do whatever he wants, and you can tell he has that kind of attitude because the way he described them. Oh, I'm sorry, a she. But the way that he described himself. She. Oh, I keep saying it. I'm sorry. She, he. It doesn't really matter. matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm sure it matters to this person. It doesn't matter in the context, though. Whoever it is, the way they're describing themselves. I'm distinguished looking. I'm tall. Look at me. I'm important. I leave work at 2.30 in the afternoon on a Friday. You got all of these details wrong. Nooms is in the kitchen. It's very black or white. It's right or it's wrong. Back as I was saying, <laughs> that's someone, what made distinguished funny. Someone who's distinguished and tall and thinks very highly of themselves clearly needs a little bit of more service. So right. I can see the staff being turned off by it and not wanting, because you see that a lot with staff who just get annoyed when people are very picky or very need things or extra attention. But that, I mean, you have to deal with that. You want to talk? You're there for. Yeah, you want to talk about it in the back. Fine, I don't even love doing that. Like I, I hate, I hate when the staff congregates in the back. Congregates in the back. Oh, this guy does this and this guy does that. More often than not, it's just lack of awareness that led to so the guy seats himself. Right, you didn't see him walking around. Right, I'm sure he didn't. She didn't 
beeline out. It sounded like he got a drink at the bar, walked around the place, looked outside. It was nice, decided to sit outside. If you have enough, if people are standing in the front of the house, if you have a host, usually the outside patio is... Will, like, facilitate this move. Yeah, you would yeah. have to pass the host stand mm-hmm. from the bar to outside. Anybody's paying attention, you see the person wandering around. Yeah. And you would pick that up, and instead of just being annoyed that they sat themselves... You just say to, you say, just say to like, somebody, like, yeah. hey, they're sitting in your section. I'll go pay attention to them. Yeah, especially if it's not busy. Yeah. You know? It's you one It's one thing if they seat themselves and you got, like, a wait for a table... You can just go over and tell I'm so sorry, sir. We do have a way for a table. I can get you the next seat available. Yeah. So and so. But if it's busy, like, who cares? Like, why do, I don't understand why everybody cares so much. Oh, my goodness. He sat in my table. I didn't tell him to sit there. How could he dare take my table? And now I'm not going to pay any attention uh, to him. Pay- <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. I digress. It's it's everyone's responsibility at the end of the day, whether I, it's your table or not, whether you pull tips or not. I mean, especially if you pull tips, it's everybody's responsibility at the yeah. end of the day. Just take care of the guy. Hey guys, do you think we should uh, check our voicemail? Hey, you've reached Waiting on Fry. Send us your voicemail. You have one new message. Hi guys, Brett here. I've recently moved to San Francisco and I've been looking for new restaurants to go to in my neighborhood. I found a few on Google, but when I tried going to the location listed, I found that they are only on Uber Eats and there's no physical restaurant. Since I do not support Uber Eats, it left me to wonder. In my search, I found that these aren't actually restaurants with a brick and mortar, but in fact called ghost restaurants. I've also noticed that three actual restaurants have closed in my neighborhood just this past week. What are your thoughts? How many restaurants on Uber Eats are actually ghost restaurants? Have you guys seen any of these in your area? Look forward to hearing your thoughts. So these exist. They're called ghost kitchens. True. And it is a product of the ever-evolving restaurant business that we're in. It's true. You just say a lot of facts. Is that it? That wasn't really a lot of facts. It was a couple of facts. But yes, ghost kitchens exist. Have we any more thoughts on these? I mean, we have some in our area. It is. I guess it could be a little confusing if you try to go to the actual restaurant. I think it's a, a weird idea and or concept that we've kind of just allowed to spring up, you know? We can't dis you can't disallow it or unallow it. I mean, you could you could just not support them, and then eventually they would all just go away. Yeah, but nobody knows they're ordering from a ghost kitchen when they that, order. That's the problem. It, and from a business side of things, where I sit on the other side of the spectrum, like it's a fantastic problem. I would love to have a place that has minimal overhead, that has seven different kitchens operating. And you're just like causing a monopoly on Uber Eats or Grubhub or whatever it is, and that's it. That just well, seems so strange to me. Like, how can any of that food be good if you're cooking seven different concepts out of one kitchen? It's not. It's, it's <laughs> that's, not. What, that's what I mean. But, but <laughs> people people will pay for convenience. Yeah, and that's that's, that's what that's what he was arguing. But like, I don't get it. You can you can take you can take a a product and have it be mediocre to above average and not be phenomenal, but the convenience of like you're, you're sitting at home and you don't want to go be bothered and you're just scrolling and it looks good and you just hit on it and that's it. Yeah, but I mean like I think eventually either people are going to realize that all of this food kind of sort of tastes the same or people are going to realize all this food just doesn't taste good. I, I agree. Okay. I, I, agree with, I agree with what you're saying, but unfortunately because of the – because of the way the society is now and we're just kind of looking at everything that we see on Instagram or Facebook, it's very easy for these kitchens to kind of pop up 
and hit your feed and put a nice picture and then you just order it because you're sitting at home and you want to be lazy. I guess. And I get it. But then as a society, we just have to do better. And, cost, just like and, you know, and costs go up too. And you, you see some, I've seen some restaurants that operate full restaurants and then a little ghost kitchen out the back under a different, a whole different name. That's just and weird. you just put it on Uber Eats or Grubhub. I mean, okay, so maybe in that situation where it's just one other thing operating at the back of your restaurant that yeah. maybe you, like, do on the side. Like, okay, let's say cool, that have, makes sense. Yeah, like, you want to make soups, and you're just like, yeah. soup to go, go. back to the soup thing, yeah. Whatever it is. Fine. I get it. That can probably be good. That makes sense. But to have, like, four or five different concepts out of yeah, one kitchen. you're never going to execute. Yeah. You're never going to execute each concept well. perf- perfectly. I wouldn't even or, go so far perfectly well. You're never going to do it all well. No, you're not. You but gotta focus on one thing and be good at that. It's a different business model that was, that's been creative, be, been created due to our need for convenience. Yeah. All I have to say though is, does it have to be done well for the business to be able to succeed? I mean, you don't. Even if have it to doesn't be, have to be done well for you to succeed, like, there's a problem. There's a ton of businesses that just don't do great stuff, but like, there's a clientele for it. The price is right. The speed is right. But something you, they're willing to budge on a little bit. You as a person, like as an individual, don't you want to do well? There's always a scale of convenience to quality. There's a convenience to quality scale. I guess. Totally. It's just how far yeah. down in quality are you willing and if, to go? And if I was to own and operate this ghost kitchen, which is sounds like a fantastic idea, <laughs> I would make it just above mediocre. <laughs> Get the sales and sell that business and re-roll the capital into a different business. You would. I if, fucking I totally would. Are you kidding me? No, you would. With, without a doubt. Mediocre at best. Mediocre at mediocre best. Mediocre at best. That's why they call you Sorry, mediocre guys. books. <laughs> Sorry guys. Mediocre books. Didn't mean to let you down. Mediocre right, with, books. With that, with that being said, I have to get to operating a real restaurant where people come in and we serve good food and drinks. How, how many concepts are you operating? Just one. Uh just just one. Good for you. Currently. It's gonna be seven. So, good talk. See you out there. Boom. Enjoyed the episode? We've got plenty more great conversations to come from people that make the hospitality industry work. We're extremely appreciative of those of you that would take a second to leave a review on your platform and click that subscribe button. This little podcast has grown significantly over the last seven shows. Thanks for your support.